Hey, please be sure to stick around to the very end. Our monthly segment called Miles of Books is tacked onto this episode. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Oh, good. I'm coming down off a very big high of watching the Jefferson Dancers, including my 17-year-old son, John, have kind of four and a half performances. They had one student performance that I'll talk about in a tiny bit. But um, yeah, that was last weekend, and it was pure joy, just pure joy. It was this fabulous. Was, uh, is this kind of the end of the season performance or it is it's their big shows of the year they are held downtown at Mm -hmm. um, a a professional theater and oh my goodness so many pals showed up of mine um seven of my 16 pickleball league ladies showed up three of my most loyal sunday pickleball ladies showed up (laughs) people from preschool john's preschool teacher I mean, Aww, just, that's yeah, so cute. Yeah. yeah that's really awesome. wonderful. Really wonderful. And pretty much everyone's takeaway was, oh my gosh, they don't seem like high schoolers at all. They seem like professional dancers. I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, yes. That's <laughs> what you get for, you know, rehearsing uh, three hours, five days a week. Seriously. Uh, we'll, we'll wow. That's so intense. Yeah. And it was really wonderful because John now has gotten to a level of his dance where he can work on his face, giving some face while he dances. And he, mm-hmm. He just let his joy and ebullience shine through. And so many people commented. They were like, it's so fun to see him smile while he dances. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, it's so, isn't it just the best when you see your kids truly, you can see the joy oh. in their face when they really, when you know that they mm-hmm. really love what they're doing and they're kind of letting themselves go and just be in the moment. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's exactly what was happening. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. So, and then I do have to share one funny thing. So, as I said, they kind of had a half performance. So there were nine full pieces in the regular performances, but then for a midday show on Thursday, a bunch of schools sent kids there on field trips. And so the Jefferson dancers performed five of the pieces And at that show, there was John went to this high school called Da Vinci, and it's an arts focused school. And so Da Vinci was there. And so John signed a bunch of postcards that had him on the a picture of him lifting one of the other dancers over his head picture of them was on the front. And so he signed a couple of those cards for Da Vinci girls. And then two nights later, I saw the head of the dance department from Da Vinci. And she said that gals at Da Vinci were selling the cards, the signed cards. (laughs) Way to side hustle girls. (laughs) And that she caught a seventh grader kissing the picture of John. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is adorable. Honestly, that is so funny. So funny. And then a woman that I used to work with in 2000 at um, the predecessor to Lucy Activewear, she texted me and she said that her 15-year-old daughter, who's a freshman at my other kid's high school, at John's twin sister's high school, that this gal, this 15-year-old, my uh, the daughter of my friend, she went with her friend 
And so my, my pal was like, my daughter's totally smitten with John. They won't stop talking about him. And, and so she said, I guess the gal texted her mom because the mom had seen it, the performance the night before. And she's like, mom, now that I've looked at him, I can't stop looking at him. <laughs> He's got a fan club of girls all ages. <laughs> he, he does. So I said, so I said, so I, I really like my friend Deb and I like her daughter, Zuzana. I'm like, John, could you please write, you know, sign a postcard for mm-hmm. her and I'll drop it off at her house. So he's like, oh, he's like, well, what should I write on it? And I'm like, oh, say, you know, Zuzana, thank you for coming to the show or something like that. So he had me, you know, uh, say how to spell her first name. And so then he wrote, Thank you for coming to the show. I'm glad you enjoyed it, John. Perfect. And so so I dropped it off. And the girl was like, Mom, do you think this is really his handwriting? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then she FaceTimed her friend to show her what she had gotten. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So it made her day. That's adorable. And all of her friends. Yeah. That's so cute. Yes. It was really, really cute. So, um, and he was very embarrassed by it. Of all. course, so, he was. But that's what you're supposed to do as yeah. a mom: embarrass your son. <laughs> right, right, right. So, we are going to. I'm going to introduce the topic a little early because I want you, Katie, to talk about it a little bit because it relates to you. Yes. This is. We're going to be talking to a total of three real women guests who run with a guy or guys. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just, I just love getting a glimpse into the runs of other folks. So I figured this was kind of a way to peer into the runs of three gals and mm-hmm. plus you. And so for our guest, one is someone who uh, also runs with her husband like you do. Yeah. Um, an- another one who runs with her father. I mean, how adorable is that? Oh my gosh. I would love to be able to do that. That's so oh, amazing. I know. I know. And then another gal who started running with a co-ed running group about a year ago. And I do want to make one quick note that for that woman runner. It's just me talking to her due to a work conflict that she had with her job. So Katie, as I say that you oftentimes run with your husband, Dan. So how long have you all been doing that? You know, we've been running together. Um, I mean, truly since I feel like I met him, I mean, 20 years Mm. ago, you know, so a long, Mm -hmm. a long time. I mean, in the beginning, before we had kids, it was you know, every, every so often it wasn't because we weren't living together and before we got married. So it was, you know, we just did it every once in a while. We've always been pretty, we played tennis together or ran together, but it's really been since the kids have been married or been, been married since the kids were born that we've been running Mm -hmm. more consistently Mm -hmm. together. Oh, okay. And when they were really little, we would just, whenever grandparents would come in town, we would always sneak out for run. We'd be like, okay, you guys got the kids. Great. We're going to go out for an hour. And that was just (laughs) kind of our thing. So or we would have not, we would never get a babysitter to go running, but if for some reason there was an opportunity, like if we were on vacation or we were with other families, we'd be like, okay, we're going to put the kids in front of the TV and we're going to go for a run. So that's kind of just always been our thing. And then now that, you know, they're 13, 11 and 10 years old, now we leave them all the time. And we usually run together, <laughs> I would say probably once it's, it's really only once a week, maybe like on Saturday or oh. Sunday, just because you know, I mean, life is just so busy with everything going on with them. So every mm-hmm. once in a while, we will run early in the morning before, you know, Dan goes to work and the girls go to school, but usually it's a weekend run. And we look forward to it because honestly, sometimes it's the only time we really talk to each other during the week, just because we are like ships <laughs> fast in the night. About, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. like everyone else, you know, that's, that's got busy families running around. So it's, it's nice. You know, sometimes we talk about what we're going to have for dinner. Other times we talk about, you know, where we want to go that summer. Other times we talk about jobs and, 
work and kids. And so it's just, it's a nice, you know, 45 minutes to an hour where we really get to spend together. And he is definitely faster than I am, but he slows down and, Mm -hmm. you know, we pick a different route, you know, and it's just, it's, I, we, I, we both love it. We really do. So it's, it's fun. I think when I talk to other people who don't run with their husbands, I think one of the reasons why they don't or spouses, partners, whatever it may be is because they're afraid of the pace difference. And mm -hmm. I just think one of you, the faster one has to take a step back and really focus on the time together. It's not about, Mm. you know, a really great, what I, I mean, it is always a great run for me, but for him, you know, he can do his faster runs on other days when he's running solo or with a friend. But for me, it's really about the time together. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's made it work for the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it's fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And then you all got into the, uh, a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say competition, but last year that both of you applied for the New York City Marathon. Yes. And only, only one of you got in. I know. And he got in and he didn't even really try that hard. I mean, he just <laughs> threw his name in at the last second and he got in, whereas I was planning it out with my friends that I run with. And so he got in and I was really proud. You know, I mean, it was it was a great race for him. And I um, we ran Chicago together to, in 2019. So that was really mm-hmm. fun. And that was the only marathon I run. So New York was his second. So I don't know if we'll... We had talked about doing one this spring. He was going to do a full and I was going to do a half. But like now my kids have two soccer tournaments that weekend. So we can't do it. So I think at mm. one point we would love to go. And we like to travel for him too, just because it's a good excuse to get out of town and go have fun <laughs> for the weekend. So I think, you know, maybe probably not this year, but maybe next year we can get another one on the calendar, whether it's a half or a full. It's just a good excuse to get away. And it's a good excuse to train. And it's a good excuse to spend, you know, as time together when it's it's not that easy these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Katie. Well, let's talk to another woman who runs with her husband. This is Cynthia Domingini of Richmond, Kentucky, who has run with her husband for years. Cynthia and her husband have four kids spanning in age from four up to 15. Cynthia teaches horticulture at Kansas State University. Thanks for sharing your story with us, Cynthia. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to get to talk with you ladies today. We can't wait to hear your story. So tell us a little bit about your running background before we dive into who you run with. So I started running reluctantly in middle school. Um, my my dad coached me to run the mile for my school, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> but in hindsight, that really was a it was a good experience to set me up for really just being competitive and pushing myself uh, to do challenging things as I as I got older. Mm-hmm. I stopped running completely but then returned about the time I was in grad school, I had a one-year-old at the time mm-hmm. and needed a, an excuse to get out of the house occasionally. <laughs> yes, don't we all? Aside from doing schoolwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hear that story a lot on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was having some trouble with my knee and so I kind of stopped, but I returned to running pretty regularly once we moved to Kentucky And so it's been about eight years I've been running pretty religiously five days a week. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, all right, given my fascination with finding money while out on a run, I I found um, (laughs) two dimes and a nickel today. Uh, We must take a slight detour for you, Cynthia, to share your found change story at long last. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know what it is about. I love hearing your stories about <laughs> found change. And I don't know why, because I, I run out in the country and I run at four in the morning. Whoa. So there is, I can't even see the road half the time, uh-huh. but let alone, we're not finding change out here. Uh-huh. However, mm-hmm. it had to, I mean, maybe a few months ago, I was running the same road I run every single morning. And I looked down and it wasn't just a penny. It wasn't a dime. It was a whole quarter that I found (laughs) sitting on the road and I cheered for myself. (laughs) Oh, I was so happy. I took a picture. I mean, it was was ridiculous. (laughs) I was so excited. I thought, well, I'll probably never get to tell Sarah about this, but I was thinking of you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now you have gotten to tell me. So thank you for sharing. (laughs) How did you see it? If it's, I mean, four in the morning, it must be pretty dark. Do you have a headlamp on and then you stumble upon it? Yeah, that day I happened to, I don't know. I don't remember why I was running during the day that time. Mm -hmm. I almost never get to do that. But that Mm -hmm. day I was, and it was just meant to be. It was. It was meant to be for me to find that quarter. (laughs) So how did you and your husband start running and how has it kind of changed um, since you guys started running together? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, we didn't always run together because I wanted to get up in the morning and get out the door and run first thing, mm-hmm. like one cup of coffee, bathroom break. Of course you understand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I wanted to hit the road and he liked to wait a little later and he, he doesn't always run as fast as I do. And so we weren't always a good match at running, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. but then I don't, I don't really even know why we, I think we realized that our kids are old enough that the oldest, if, if they were to wake up early in the morning and we were out running, they'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of figured out, well, if I slow down a little and you speed up a little, yeah, we could, and we could spend time <laughs> together that we don't normally get. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's kind of what happened. It also, when we go on trips, I know I've heard other, other guests talk about running on vacation mm-hmm. can be one of the best ways to see the, the cities that you're visiting. Definitely. And that's definitely the case for mm-hmm. us. We love traveling and going on runs together to mm. see different areas. But I think the biggest thing is we found that that's a time that we can escape from the kids and mm-hmm. from life and we can actually have an uninterrupted conversation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's probably where we've really started to kind of cherish that time together. I couldn't agree more. I was telling Sarah before you hopped on that that's sometimes the only time we do, my husband and I do talk during the week, right? I mean, about, and sometimes it's about nonsense, like what are we having for dinner? Or, you know, what did you think of that show last night? But then sometimes it does get into pretty, you know, deeper conversations that we just don't have the opportunity to do. So I look forward to it every week. Exactly. I noticed, you know, in one, when you're chatting with Sarah before the podcast that you guys are moving to a different state to Kansas or to Manhattan, which I'm from Kansas city. So I know the town very well. Um, and now that he's there, you guys chat run over and talk over the phone while you're running, which I do with some of my friends too. So tell me about that. Was it hard to kind of get used to it at first? How does that work? Yeah. And, and really that started, um, I tore my hamstring last summer. And Mm. so that put a big halt on my running I had surgery to repair it in December. And so I had switched to walking once I was able to walk again. And so that's where we started once he, he moved in um, January. And so I was just walking 
at that point. And so every morning he's an hour earlier than I am in the time zones. And so Mm. we would, we would just talk while we were walking. He would get up early and (laughs) well, we were both up early, but he'd get up really early Uh Mm -hmm. and we would just talk while we were walking. Now that I'm back to running sort of, I get up and run first and then I text him to tell him when I'm ready. Hmm. And we have our little code, R-W-Y-A, ready when you are. (laughs) And then he calls me once he's out the door and we talk the rest of the way until I get back and have to get in the shower quick before the kids get up. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we're, we're both pretty independent, but living apart for this long has been really challenging. And so definitely it's been very, very helpful to be able to set aside this time because otherwise the day gets going. And if you don't make time to talk to each other, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. <laughs> so yes. mm-hmm. it, it's been really important for keeping the family going. Mm-hmm. Good for you guys. Nice. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you do have two children who are significantly younger than the other two. So um, obviously something's working there. So, <laughs> Well, and we actually are, we're a non-traditional family. Oh, so okay. three of our children are adopted. Okay. And oh, that's lovely. so our oldest is biological. And then we adopted our daughter who's 12 is from mm-hmm. Ethiopia. Oh, wow. And then the youngest two, we just adopted through foster care in oh. January. Oh my gosh. Oh my so, goodness. That is wonderful. Oh my gosh. I know we do the math regularly (laughs) on how old we'll be when these kids are. I mean, we're going to, our son's graduating from 10th grade and we have a kindergartner. So it's like, (laughs) we're going to be doing this a long time. How how wonderful for you guys though. And those kids. And that you're, that your husband moved in January. You took, you adopted to, wow. You have your hands full, Cynthia. Yeah. Both starting new careers. We sold our farm. We bought a house. It's it's been a it's been a year mm-hmm. in just a few months. <laughs> That's what I say. Wait, it's still April. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is great. That is so great. So so you don't have. Uh, I, I'm curious about the logistics of this. So you don't say, okay, I'll start it. You know seven my time and that's six his time it's it's just kind of when you get out the door and then he's just kind of puttering around there in kansas waiting to get that text from you (laughs) well we're a little bit more anal than that okay (laughs) i have my alarm set for four o'clock every morning Mm -hmm. and i give myself a little bit of time to but i know i have to be out the door at 4 45 in order to get my run my walk my shower, <laughs> everything done before I have to wake kids up for school. Okay. It's the same time every day. Okay. Yeah. We've got it. We've got it down to an art by now. Okay. Thanks to that coffee in particular. So you can be, <laughs> be guaranteed to, to, um, you know, drop those kids off at the swimming pool before you head out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Who sets the pace when you guys run together? I know you mentioned that you're typically faster and he's a little mm-hmm. bit slower and you guys have kind of met in the middle a little bit, but how, you know, was it difficult to, to achieve that pace that works for both of you guys when you do run together in person? There were times where it was, um, especially when one of us is recovering from an injury, usually me, not him. He doesn't get injured as mm. easily as I do. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know that he was having trouble keeping up with me. Oh. So I guess I set the pace and he just, <laughs> and he just <laughs> poor guy, if he doesn't feel like running he, that fast, he just doesn't go. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I've told him, you know, if I'm going too fast, tell me to slow down. And there have been mornings, you know, where you don't feel like getting out the door 
where any pace is too fast. And right. so <laughs> right. I've had to tell him, you can run ahead if you'd like, but I will be back here <laughs> running slowly. <laughs> so we just, we just tell each other and we'd rather run together than, than not. So yes. it's, it's fine to slow down or speed up just to make it work. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what we do too. It was a little bit of growing pains in the beginning, but now we've kind of got a rhythm where it just works for both of us. Do you guys right. race together? And if so, kind of, how do you go about those races? Do you stick together? Do you run your own race? I mean, for example, when my husband and I ran the Chicago marathon together, we had signed up to be, and we've run a bunch of races together. We run the Boulder Boulder every year and we had signed up to be in the same wave just so logistically it would be easy for us to get to the starting line at the beginning, you know, do the things you need to do before you take off. And then the day before when we were picking up our race packets, he's like, uh, I'm going to move to a quicker, um, <laughs> a, a quicker, you know, corral, uh-huh. corral. Exactly. And I was like, what, excuse me, what do you mean? And this is my, our first marathon. So you're already freaking out to begin with. He's like, I just don't want to be back with the, you know, eight thirties, whatever it was. And I was like, and I was a little, I was upset at first, but I was like, you know what? I get it. You are going to run this a lot faster than I am. So it worked out, but it was just funny how he sprung it on me the right, day before. Wait, uh, right. uh, honey, we had all those miles together. You could have brought it up. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so how do you guys handle that? If you guys do race together? Yeah, we actually haven't had a chance to race together. Oh, okay. We really, we don't do a lot of formal races in general, just mostly because of the cost, but also with four kids and sports, finding a Saturday that many months in advance that we know we'll be free to run. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. So we were supposed to do our first half marathon together prior. It was, it, and then it fell during COVID. So it got postponed and postponed. And then I tore my hamstring. So he mm. ended up having to do it by himself <laughs> anyways. <Okay. laughs> um, so we've not had that opportunity yet. Okay. But I'm hopeful that we'll get to do it. And I imagine we would run together. And yeah. um, neither one of us are, well, I don't know. We're both very competitive, but mostly just with each other. So <laughs> I think I think we would, we would probably do fine just sticking together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, so I'll confess, when my BRF Molly and I ran together, we spent a lot of miles grousing about our respective spouses. <laughs> so I, I suspect <laughs> that some people listening might be able to relate to that. Do you ever wish you had a, a female running partner to discuss issues you might be having with your husband? And honestly, I'm pretty introverted. Mm. And so it has been so good listening to your podcast mm. that I feel like these are my girlfriends Aww. and it's like, and I, and, and I'll laugh and cry. And I get so excited to hear what your kids are up to Aww. and, you know, keeping it. I know it's, it feels a little weird because <laughs> it's, it's so one sided. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but um, I really like being alone. <laughs> and so I don't mind running alone. Okay. I don't love running in the dark in the country. I'd prefer to be mm-hmm. running in a beautiful city or something like that. Mm-hmm. But lately I've been running with the dog, Okay, although she's a great Pyrenees. So that gets a little tricky when she chases a rabbit, you know, mm-hmm. trying to slow her down gets challenging, but I I'm okay being by myself, Okay, I, but, and I love running with my husband, obviously mm-hmm. I've thought about trying having a female running buddy mm-hmm. and maybe I will, mm-hmm. um, once we move and I'm more in, in town, we will be moving to the suburbs. So mm-hmm. that's, that'll be more of an option, but where I am right now, 
nobody else is running. Okay. 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 Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I want to ask both you ladies, do you find the conversations you have with your respective spouse on the run? do, Do you find they differ from the conversations you have, say, in the kitchen or when you're out on date night, you know, in on a road trip? Cynthia, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, Definitely, because mm-hmm. the kids can't hear us. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So I'm trying to think how often our conversations are pretty serious, which is right now with the time that we're in, in our life, it's probably pretty, it's, it's more serious than mm. usual. Not as playful, probably, because this is our one hour of uninterrupted time. So we've got to talk about all the things that this kid got into and that kid got into and, <laughs> you know, stuff going on at work, we fit everything in. And so normally it's things that we have to get, we have to get out of the way when nobody else can hear us talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we, um, it seems to be the time where my husband really opens up a lot about like work. I mean, and it's kind of his, you know, his just time to and not necessarily vent about it, but strategize and really, and I find what he does very interesting. So I, I really enjoy it because he talks a lot more in depth about what's going on, what problems are facing, what they're working on. And so I, in in me too, a little bit also. So I just think our conversations are a little bit deeper. And then we definitely do talk about the kids and about things that we can't talk about in front of them, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's more meaningful conversations, I guess, is Mm because at night, as we all know, I mean, I'm exhausted by like eight 30, you know, so there's Mm -hmm. not going to be anything more than like a grunt here or there when we're asking each other questions. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's early in the morning, usually on the weekends we're fresh. And so it's, it's always a pretty good conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice, Cynthia, that you would give to gals who want to get their significant other to run with them? I think, especially if they're non-runners to start with, my husband did not start running when I started running. He was, he started later Mm -hmm. and starting with walking, I think is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't like substituting running for walking. So I would probably run and then come back and get him and take him for a walk. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that can be less intimidating, obviously. So I think that's, if you're trying to motivate your husband to pick up running, start with something easy, like going for a walk. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I've heard this before on the podcast with other guests talking about, let them set the pace Mm -hmm. um, because that's obviously a way to turn someone off of running. If you take them out and and take off running and they can't keep up with you, that's no fun. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, and then really encouraging them to do the talking. And my husband, he usually is the talker when we Mm. run because I don't, I get, I don't know. I feel like I, I just don't like talking too much while I'm huffing and puffing. Uh-huh. So usually he does the talking and I do the, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Until we stop running. And then I can say, okay, back when you said this, right. Let, let's revisit that topic now yeah, that exactly. I can breathe. <laughs> we were going uphill when you mentioned that, but I yeah, exactly. To I told him that you take on the uphills. I'll talk on the downhills. Definitely. <laughs> Oh my gosh. In, in Kansas, then you'll have to decide, you know, if it's flat where you're moving to, you might uh, have to figure out a new system. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Cynthia, good luck with everything you are juggling. And, and thanks for chatting with us today. Thank you so much. This is such a joy to get to visit with you. And we really appreciate all that you do oh. for the running community and, and, and just women in general, really. Oh, Aww. you're wonderful. Thank you, Cynthia. Take care. Good Thank luck with you. everything. Thanks. 
We're taking a brief break to hear from the brands that allow us to bring you this free content. Please consider supporting them since they support us. We'll be back soon. Okay, remember how I said that there would be one interview where I was solo hosting? Mm, change of plans. There's two. Starting with this one, our next guest is Mandy Dabrowski, who lives in Granville, Michigan. I probably butchered her last name just a wee bit there. A middle school interventionist who also coaches middle school cross country. Mandy has two school age kids. The guy that Mandy runs with is the man who originally tried to talk her into running. It's her dad. Welcome to the show, Mandy. Thanks for having me. Mm. I just am very excited to hear your story. So let's start by hearing about that running background of yours. Uh, well, when I was in middle school, my dad was already trying to put that running bug in my ear. And he had the high school coach call me Ooh. and ask me to join the cross country team. You know, <laughs> no pressure. That was my big rebellion. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I did other sports like softball and volleyball and track and basketball. But when it came to cross country, I was like, no way, not having it. I'm done. <laughs> and then Years and years later, I was trying to conceive and it wasn't going well. And I said, I need something else to focus on for my body. And I went and watched my cousin run the Grand Rapids Riverbank run, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. And it'll be my 13th anniversary of running. I went and watched her and I was inspired. And then my dad's like, if you're going to run now, I'm going to. I'm going to run with you too. So, oh my goodness. That was that was how it began. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I have to ask was your was your doctor supportive of you starting running while you were trying to conceive, you know, because sometimes you get the opposite of like, oh no, 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 stop exercising, don't want to stress your body. Yeah, I wasn't doing any fertility treatments or anything. It just wasn't happening and so he was and he his wife was a runner. Oh. Um so he was 100% supportive the whole time. So oh, that was that's great. great. We yeah. all need doctors like that. He said it was a good distraction for me actually. So Excellent. Yes. And and happy ending you have two kids now. Yes, I do. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you went from telling that cross country coach no way no how to mm -hmm. coaching cross country yourself. So tell us a little it's bit ironic. about that. <laughs> um Last year, I actually asked the gym teacher at the middle school I work at if, hey, do you need an extra coach for cross country? Because I was training for a marathon and I was getting to the point in the training where I was just over it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need something else to motivate me. And what better way to get back in love with running than to help other people fall in love with it? Mm -hmm. So he said, yeah, I do need help. And that was that. Mm, all right. Okay. Like I said, I adore that you run with your father. Um, I see it now as a, you know, from both sides, from being the child and the parent. So how did that all start? Uh, well, I think I'm trying to remember the first time that we even ran together right after I watched my cousin run. I think my dad was like, wait a minute, you're going to start running. And so we would just do like a mile at a time. And then he convinced me to join his summer running club where they would run anywhere from three to seven miles. The first year I, I copped out on the seven. I was like, I can't do it, dad. Mm -hmm. Five was enough. Mm -hmm. And I kind of gave up. But then the more you do it, the more you fall in love with it. And I think five months in, I started training for my first half marathon. And my dad joined me at mile one of that race. He got me through the entire thing. I was about to cry with like a quarter mile to go. And he's like, you can do this. It's really hard to run and cry at the same time. So just... <laughs> keep going. And he did. He, he got me through. He crossed that finish line with me and it was amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, let's, let's talk brass tax logistics. Does your dad live nearby? Who decides on the route and pace? You know, is it, do you have set time, days, that whole thing? 
you know, that's changed a lot over the years because with my kids getting older, their lives have gotten a little bit busier. Mm-hmm. We used to be very set on every Wednesday night at six o'clock and my cousins ran with us too, which was great. And then as their kids got older too, same thing, it got a little harder to fit our schedules together. So I still run with one of my cousins um, semi-regularly. We also run on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So it was every Wednesday and every Saturday okay. that we would run with my dad. And then now it's pretty much just Saturdays mm-hmm. because just busyness. But I would like it to be more. I'm hoping that we can get back to Wednesdays too because I've been running a lot more on the treadmill lately. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the same by myself. I would rather have him with me. Yeah. So Yeah, be, mm-hmm. be outside and be with dad. Yeah, and as far as pace, uh, he has to run my pace because I can't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still faster than me. He's going to be 70 in June and I just turned 40 and I'm, I'm keep hoping that that gap is going to close and I can catch him, but uh, he's, he's still got me pretty much at every distance. I still can't beat him in a 5k. So, wow. Wow. I don't, I don't know. I feel like he's still got a couple of years where he's going to be speedier than me, but wow. Wow. That's awesome. Kudos to your yeah. dad. And the route is all dependent on what I've got going on afterwards. If I've got a sporting event for a kid afterwards, we run by my house and his house is only 15 minutes away. So it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. If we want to get breakfast after, we always go to his house because our favorite breakfast place is close by. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yep. So you mentioned that he keeps you entertained on runs. So with maybe some dad jokes, a couple other tactics, what does he do? Oh, the jokes are famous. Um, my friends, they even when my dad's not there, we will we will call it channeling our inner Bruce, and we will tell each other cheesy jokes. Actually, a friend of mine, we went down to Toledo to cheer on another friend running the marathon on Sunday, and she was almost done, but she was struggling, and so we started telling Bruce jokes and <laughs> pretended he was there with us, and it always helps. And he's even – he's a terrible singer, terrible, notoriously bad. Like, the only song we would let him sing growing up was Happy Birthday, and even that was iffy. <laughs> but I remember a half marathon, I was struggling at the end again. It's always that, like, mile 12, and I'm just like, oh, I got to get through this last little bit. But he started singing as though he was my son, who was, like, four at the time. So he sang just this random song about – about like the trees and the birds and and it was awful like i'm and it made me go faster just so i could like get away from it but it worked so oh my gosh and might i suggest you take in a goo at mile 11 that that will help get through those final two miles it seems like a big i know i've gotten better mm-hmm. yeah i have gotten better with nutrition okay. i like the honey stingers okay though. all right okay we can we can agree to disagree on that one yep <laughs> So from the adorable, adorable photos you sent us to use on social media, it looks like you and your dad do a fair number of races together and often with clever messages on custom tees. Yes. My mom usually makes the shirts for us, so she gets to be involved in that way, but that's great. Does she sew them on or how does she Um, she do that? Iron on or now, I mean, she's upgraded to a Cricut now, so it's a little bit fancier, but it used to be just printer on ironable paper and put it together. And Wait, what's a Cricut? Um, it's like the vinyl letters and you can cut with it. I don't, I don't really know. Huh. Look at her. Yeah. She's fancy. Mm, So tell us, for folks who aren't looking at the photos, what, what some of them say. Oh, so a lot of times we'll have like something on the front with both our names and not mom or not, sorry, not mom, not dad and daughter, but Bruce and Mandy so that we can get the cheers for our names. But then on the back, mine would say like father and his would say like daughter. And I always, always, always run on the right side of him. 
Oh. Actually, I always run on the right side of all my running buddies because I'm weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's my spot. So the arrows can point at each other. and We know we're always going to be on the side where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. not pointing at some other random guy and people right. think that's my dad. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that is that we – that I, I definitely have a side when I – run with someone. I am, I'm always on the left of someone. And I, I have an answer for this. You do. Oh I my do. Gosh, you're um, the right person. Because people have asked me this a lot. And I just think I like to turn my head slightly to the left to talk. And oh. if everybody's just always that way, it's mm. easy. But if they're on both sides of me, I don't know which way to talk. So see, because, hmm, because I definitely think sometimes though, it's a little bit that I I'm like a horse a little bit that I pull a little to the left. So I think if my running partner was on my left, I'd be kind of pushing them toward the sidewalk. We run the street. Yeah. And um, this way, you know, I'm maybe just veering ever so slightly away from them. That could Um, be. I know my dad sometimes will try to be, you know, uh, what is the word when you hold the door open for somebody? Gallant. Um, Chivalrous? Chivalrous. That's the word. Mm -hmm. He'll try to be chivalrous and like run because – we sometimes run on the road too, and mm-hmm. he'll run on the roadside so that mm-hmm. if he, we were to get hit, like he would get hit first. But I'm like, Dad, you're on my side. Also, I don't want you to get hit by a car either. So, right, right. He doesn't put down a jacket over puddles so right. you can no. cross them. No, uh-huh. we we just go right through them. <laughs> so okay, so you got to tell us about this half marathon that your dad did this past weekend and how you offered him encouragement in the race. Well, I originally was going to just kind of hop in and out with him. And I realized, again, I cannot keep up his pace. And he mm-hmm. paid for the race. I was just a spectator this time. Okay. Usually, you know, we both register for a race. And he's just like, yeah, I'll run your pace because I, I know you can't run mine. But this time it was his race. So I said, I can't I can't slow him down. Last year he had a DNF because he didn't feel well halfway through the race. Actually scared me because I thought I was going to see him at another point. Ooh. And I was like, he should be in front of us. Why have we not seen him? And I started panicking, which was a terrible feeling. Um, And then all of a sudden we saw him at an aid station just standing there cheering us on. I was like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be running the race. And he was like, I I don't feel good. I can't do it. And Hmm. I said, okay. And he was fine. Everything was good. Good, good. And so this year he was like, I've got to redeem myself. And he was the runner. And I went out there with a friend of mine. I had my megaphone. I have a whole different persona, megaphone Mandy, that gets a little loud and crazy with it. <laughs> and we we're like, we're going to cheer on Bruce. And we jumped in a bunch of different spots and and saw him. And uh, the very last bit of it was over this beautiful wooden bridge. And we kind of stepped off to the side until he came through. And then we were just like following him. And of course, the photographer's right there because it's a beautiful bridge. Yes. <laughs> he captured the picture of me just like screaming, that's my dad. That's my dad. It was great. And he beat two hours, so he was really happy with his time. He got second place in his age group, so. Wow. That is, um, but imagine, I mean, he's 70 and still a sub two was, was not first place in his age group. Yeah. Yeah. I know. There was only one guy. So he's still in the 65 to 69 age group this year uh, until June. Uh, So there was only one guy in the 70 or older age group. He's the only person. So I'm like, hey dad, next year. Yeah, there's only gonna be two of you. So odds are you could <laughs> yes. get first. So yes, yes, yes. I just love that that photographer was right there. And like I screenshotted you. I love that little child standing there with the yeah, bell. I wish I knew that kid too. He looked adorable. Oh, so adorable. Totally looked like somebody needs a tattoo of that kid or yes. something. <laughs> with his little cowbell just ringing it. <laughs> yeah. 
Megaphone Mandy. I adore yeah. that. Oh. <laughs> she she came to be at Ragnar, actually. So Oh, I bet Megaphone Mandy has a lot of fun at Ragnar. Oh, yes. The most fun. I, I've only done one trail and one road. The road was my jam completely. So fun. <laughs> I trust that you... Um, encourage let's say uh, random runners not just people you know yes and there's a rule with the megaphone you can only say positive encouraging things oh i like it yes i had a friend who who broke the rule it wasn't that she said something mean but it was like go faster or something like but not in an encouraging way and i was like now you're banned from the megaphone use (laughs) and now we joke about it she's like can i have another chance next year I said, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. There's an application process. Yes. You, need you have to, to earn your right. Steps. <laughs> um, so so how many miles would you estimate you and Bruce have run together? Oh, um, well, I just I've been tracking mileage since I started running. Oh. And I just hit ten thousand miles on New Year's oh. Eve. So it was really, oh my gosh. really cool. Did you plan that? I did, yes. Okay, okay. Um, All right. Yeah, it was very carefully calculated. <laughs> and I would say I've probably run about half of those with him. Wow. COVID kind of, I ended up running a lot more on the treadmill and that kind of switched the percentage there, but I would say half of them have been with my dad, the best ones. Oh, so sweet. Oh, he really is the best too. As we run with a lot of my girlfriends and he's adopted them all like they're his daughters. And he's usually the only guy he's heard way more about childbirth and everything than he would probably ever want to, even though he's a dad of four, but he's heard all the details of everyone's lives and he just rolls with it. It's great. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. We need more seven or almost 70 year old guys like that in this world too. And you wouldn't, you would never know that he was that old. He's very young at heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he has a, a lovely smile and seems to have really mm-hmm. sparkly eyes. I'm a sucker for sparkly eyes. Yeah. He's uh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of your running buddies, I hear you have a unique way of crossing the finish line of longer races. Yes. A friend who I adopted outside of school drop off one day, she made the mistake of wearing a nine-year-old Ragnar shirt, actually. And I said, oh, you're a runner? And she was like, well, I used to be. I said, oh, you should start running with me. And so I adopted her. And she had a tradition of doing a cartwheel across the finish line. And she encouraged me to join her in that. And now that's that's our thing. So, Oh, my gosh. Sometimes it's really hard to do that cartwheel. Uh, just sometimes i have how about all the time you know it's getting harder i think as i get older because i get a little bit dizzy but Mm. there's some races where you just you felt amazing and that cartwheel just solidifies that you earned that medal and other times i'm like i don't even know if i'm going to be able to do this like i might end up on my butt right before that finish mat (laughs) and they're going to get a picture of that instead of me crossing so (laughs) oh come on but then you then you could post on the internet and it would go viral oh my gosh well maybe i'll try that i have i have a couple big races coming up running with her so right right and how about if it's a bigger race i mean do you do you worry you're gonna like clock somebody in the head while you do it I haven't. I mean, the Riverbank Run is probably the biggest race that I've run, like the most people running it. And we always check around us, obviously. We okay. try not to get anyone's like photo and get in their way. or like We'll let people pass us so that we can do the cartwheel. Okay. And I never do it in a 5K because there's always too many kids and too many everybody. So okay. See, I'd love to get uh, you in one of my race finish line photos of you doing a car wheel. <laughs> well, let me know what race you're doing next. I'll come find yeah. you. Because <laughs> I don't know if you follow our Instagram account, but uh, for a while I stupidly watched, I was watching um, uh, a TV show, something, the the Fleshmans, it was had Claire Danes and Jesse Eisenberg in it. Okay. And there's one scene where they're in Central Park and 
Claire Danes character, I don't know if it really was Claire Danes, does a cartwheel. And there was just something that just enchanted me about that. And so then I told Brittany, my personal trainer, I was like, you know, I really want to do a cartwheel. And then I stupidly told my son. And so then he's kind of on it and and all this stuff. And so I will say now I have a new trainer because Brittany had her baby. And so I haven't yet told the new trainer that I'm working on a cartwheel. So I mean, you should just know. go for it. Because like you said, even if it doesn't work out well, it's a great photo for the finish it could get so ugly also though sometimes it does your shirt rides up and then your belly's hanging out it's not always pretty that's like the ugly part of it just the your fanny pack looks like a loincloth like it's (laughs) it's weird (laughs) okay so i can add those to my list of reasons that i think i'm not going to do it oh no 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 they're great you should do it anyway just the whole throwing hurdling myself down like that's the that there's that as well as the strength of keeping I got a lot of mass. You don't have to get your feet all the way over your head though. It can be like, you know, those kindergarten kid cartwheels where it's like okay. they really think they're doing a cartwheel but they're really not. Their hands <laughs> touch the ground and then their feet just like take a step. Oh yeah. That's oh, how I, you start. That, that's that is how I start. Uh, Brittany was having me do those putting my hands even on a box. Yeah. So I wasn't even going all the way down and just kind of kicking my legs over and she'd be like, "Try to hang in the air just for a sec." And and there were times that I'm like, "Oh yeah, I totally did that." And then she would take a video and I'm like, "Oh, it doesn't look anything <laughs> like it felt." Uh, it only has to look like it for half a second when the photographer catches you. Like that's right, it. Right. And they're always snapping like a million of them, right? So <laughs> All right, that was our that was our cartwheel tangent. Yeah. Um, I I want to know: Does your mom ever get envious of your dad and you running together? Yes, she does, and that's why you know we get her involved in the shirt making, and she'll come and cheer us on, and we'll do we'll host pasta dinners and stuff, and she gets to be a part of all of that. But it, it is hard because I know she would like that time with me too. And yeah. for a while, we would we would make the time to we would have a, like Gilmore Girls, and we would watch that, but. Uh-huh. Now I get to see her most when we're hanging out doing stuff with the kids too. So okay, you know it's funny when I wrote that question. Then as you were answering it, I thought I definitely meant is she envious that your dad gets to spend time with you? But it was only then that I was like, oh, maybe she's also envious that you get to spend time with your dad. Like you know, would she like to have that uninterrupted in motion time with her? Yeah, with yeah her it's, I don't it's know. both. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and do you find that that the conversations you have on a run are different that you have with your dad than, than you would say while you're standing on the soccer sidelines of one of your kids games or something. Um, like I said, he's heard a lot about everything things that he probably doesn't even want to know about his daughter, (laughs) but, um, no, we've always had a really open relationship with both my parents. Like they pretty much know everything about my life. And Uh so we just talk about everything everywhere. We're goofy people and open books. So that's really nice. I got, um, my uh, my father died in 2018. He was in his 90s, so he had a good long run of it. No pun intended. And uh, our thing was swimming. We would okay. um, swim side by side, so that not as not as social of a sport, um, but togetherness. But, you know, we'd, have, we'd have the drive to and from the pool, but but I just re- I just I really hope that you are that it doesn't become routine. That you still realize how special the time is that you're sharing with him. Yeah, I do. And my friends remind me all the time, too, because a couple of them have lost their dads, too. And mm-hmm. and they're like, it's it's nice to have your dad as a stand-in, too. 
Yeah. So like I said, he's everybody's dad when we're out there. He would make an amazing pacer. I always tell him that. I was like, you're so good at just connecting with people and encouraging them. And he's not even always super chatty, but he's just there and he's willing to run whatever pace, whatever distance, and he'll just go forever. Mm. Mm. It must be really special for him too. I mean, I remember my parents always liked that I brought home young people to the house, you know, that, 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 you know, that with lively conversation, those are all phrases that are in air quotes. My parents would say a lot and you know, it must keep your dad young to, to be able to run with a bunch of, you know, gals. Yeah. I think his favorite part is when he tries to invite everybody to come over and go in the hot tub with him afterwards. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It hasn't Bruce. really worked out so well. Like, I always join him, but you know, the other ladies, I don't know. Bruce, there's a line, and I'm not willing to cross it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any advice uh, for running with a parent? Just do it while you can. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get my daughter involved in running, too. We're running a 5K together on Saturday, and, like, I want – I don't want to force my kids to run because I know that didn't work out when my dad tried to do it when I was younger, mm-hmm. but if she's interested – I will absolutely do it with her every time she asks, even if I don't feel like going for a run. And I think that's how it is for my dad too. Sometimes he doesn't feel like it, but he's like, if Mandy wants to run, I'm going to run with her and just, just take advantage of it while you have the opportunity. It's really special. It is. It is. Oh, Mandy, I am just so glad to have found you on our Facebook page and to have had this conversation with you. I still can't believe this just happened. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm just delighted that we had this conversation. So thank you. Me too. Thank you. Well, good. Well, I I hope to cross paths with you and Bruce um, in real life sometime, Mandy. Thank you. That would be amazing. Next up is Regina Panuska. She lives in Strawberry Point, Iowa, where she works in agronomy sales. Regina is the mother of a preschooler. Regina doesn't run with just one guy. She runs with several as part of a co-ed running group she joined about a year ago. Thanks for talking with me today, Regina. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Okay. Before we talk running, we must talk about the town in which you live, which, <laughs> thanks to Wikipedia, I found out is the home to the world's largest strawberry. So you, you need to tell folks about that and, and also let us know how long it is until ripe strawberries are on the vines there. Yeah, so Strawberry Point is the home of the world's largest strawberry. So essentially in the center of town, there is just a big strawberry on a stick, basically. So. <laughs> There is a, a selfie spot near it, so you can stand on that circle and take your picture. And uh-huh. it's, it's along a state highway, and mm-hmm. you'll just see people taking their picture, and it's pretty comical. And but we should say it's a it's made out of fiberglass or something like that, right? Yes, yes, it's <laughs> yeah. not a real strawberry, but <laughs> so yes, yeah, Strawberry Point Days, uh, our town celebration is usually the second weekend in June. And typically, I mean, there's usually some strawberries maybe coming into season around then, but yeah, it it depends on the weather. Okay. Strawberry season out here is much earlier than that. So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Okay. Now we can move on to running. Uh, (laughs) so, So tell us about your running background. Yeah. So I am one of those people that did not grow up as a runner. So as a kid, I absolutely hated it and did anything I could to get out of it. Mm -hmm. When I got into college, I tried running as just something to do and a way to get into a little bit better shape. And I just didn't have a lot of motivation to stick with it. I didn't know any other runners. And I, to be honest, I just didn't know what I was doing. So I really didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then when I graduated, 
I started doing at-home workouts as kind of a way to get into shape. And I was pretty successful with that and then started falling off that wagon. I just got (laughs) bored with it. Uh So I thought, well, if I get a gym membership and pay for it, then I'll feel obligated to go work out. So Mm -hmm. I got a, a membership to the local college rec center. And so I would go there in the mornings before work and basically just do my home workout in the group fitness room. So I was terrified of people and having people <laughs> see me exercise and mm-hmm. just avoided the weight room and the cardio machines and all that. So one Friday, I had a particularly bad day and thought, well, I'm going to go back to the gym. I have all my stuff and I'm just going to sweat it out for a little bit before mm-hmm. I go home. So I got to the rec center and had the entire place to myself, all the wow. college kids. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> they were off doing what college kids do on Friday nights. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so no one was there to judge me. So I jumped on a treadmill and just hammered out a mile. And when I finished, it just felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And Aww. just uh, I felt really good. So after that day, I just started running every day at the gym and I just stopped caring and was like Mm. a whole new person. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I signed up for a couple 5Ks and kind of got hooked on the race experience and then did all the 5Ks I could find locally. And then a college friend reached out and said, hey, I think you should run the race that I direct, which happened to be a half marathon. So I thought, well, if I can run three miles, what's 10 more? So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Is math not your strong suit there? (laughs) (laughs) I do math every day for work, I guess. But yeah, completely skipped over the 10K and signed up, trained for it. And I ran my first half marathon in October 2018. So I've just kind of been running ever since, I guess. So that one bad day changed my life for the better. Excellent. That is that is fantastic upside to that. So on the Google form, our guests fill out, you wrote, I've learned a lot of lessons in running the hard way. I feel like I'm often the redneck racer at events in my signature cutoff t-shirts. So let's, <laughs> let's break that statement down into its component pieces. First off, what lessons have you learned about running the hard way? Um, so the big ones were definitely fuel and hydration. So Mm -hmm. uh, I have kind of a sensitive stomach. And so I'm pretty careful about what I eat like the night before a long run or a race, especially. And so before my first half marathon, I was just terrified I'm gonna have a stomach issue or something. And I know peanut butter and jelly does well for me. So basically, all I ate the day before was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And (laughs) the morning of the race, I had like half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I mean, I finished the race and I didn't quite make my time goal, but I just know I could have done better had I fueled properly before running. Mm -hmm. And then also, I mean, I was extremely dehydrated after that Mm. first half. And I didn't realize that aid stations are meant to be used. I thought they were kind of a (laughs) sign of weakness or something. And so I took no water in until like mile 10 of that race. And it was just, I don't know. So I've, I've learned a lot of things. And I, when I started, I just, I didn't have any friends that ran and I just learned stuff. I read off the internet and Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just kind of learn as I go. Mm -hmm. Also proper shoes are important and not 
the Walmart special for mm-hmm, running. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Same holds true for sports bras. Mm-hmm. If you haven't yes, discovered that yes. already. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. so, so now detail those cutoff t-shirts. Like how is it you modify your, your tees? We talking midriff bearing, a gun show. Talk uh, us through this. As much as a gun show as I can give, I guess. But <laughs> uh, no, I, I just cut the sleeves off basically. And I, I grew up on a farm and so I, spend a lot of summers working outside as a kid and Mm -hmm. so in high school that's just what people did they cut sleeves off their shirt and that was the cool thing and Mm -hmm. I guess I I just still do that and so I often show up at a race with my sleeveless shirt and everyone else is in their Nike dry fit whatever tank Mm -hmm. tops and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it works but it's just not yeah. Not what everyone else does. Exactly. Well, if it's if it's any consolation, I came downstairs last evening and my 17-year-old son, who's a dancer, was wearing a t-shirt with cut-off sleeves. So, and, <laughs> nice. and yes. Yeah, so, so, all right. So I understand your job entails a lot of walking in fields in the summertime. So tell us about that and, and if you modify your workouts in any way to accommodate that time on your feet during the workday. Yes. So I spend a lot of time crop scouting in the summer. So there are times where I can walk anywhere from like five to maybe seven miles a day Ooh. through cornfields. Oh boy. So yeah, it, it kind of just depends on what's going on out in the field. So I typically run in the morning. So I get that done early. So that's just kind of out of the way. It's just kind of what I have to do. So I mm-hmm. make it work. So you don't cut down on how many miles you run because you're going to be walking so much over you know, pretty challenging, uneven terrain. I mean, it's flat, but it's uneven. Right. Yes. And actually, I'm kind of in the driftless area of Iowa. So there are a lot of hills around here, too, that, oh. that people farm. So yeah, since I run in the morning, I typically don't go usually over like five to six miles at the most. There's been some where I've gone a little bit further. But yeah, I just kind of make sure I'm drinking enough water and just kind of I sit in the truck in between fields. So I get a little bit of a break. But kind of do what I can. Very good. Very good. Okay. So let's talk about your running group. What prompted you to join a running group and how'd you find the group you now run with? So how I got involved in this group is kind of a series of random events that kind of boil back to social media. Mm. So a neighbor I grew up with puts on a podcast. She is a runner and then does triathlon. And Mm. she was talking about a Facebook group she was in called No Regrets Running. Mm. And it's a a running group based out of Cedar Rapids. So that's about an hour from where I live. Mm -hmm. And she said they talk a lot about local races and they're just a really supportive group. So when I heard her talk about that, I was looking for more races to run. There's just not a lot around where I live. So I requested to join that group. And then when I was accepted, they asked me to post where I was from and A few hours later, I got a Facebook message from this lady and she's like, hey, I saw your post in No Regrets Running. Welcome to the group. I'm also from Strawberry Point. How do we not know each other? Because (laughs) uh, Strawberry only has like 1,100 people Uh and there's just not a lot of runners. And so we got messaging back and forth and I realized I recognized her. I would see her running as I commuted to work, but Uh I just didn't know who she was. And Uh So then, long story short, I met her at a race in person and introduced her as the random girl she was talking to on the internet. And and then we saw each other at a race about a year ago now. And she said, hey, there's a group of people in 
a town nearby that are starting to run together on the weekends and she drives up and runs with them and she thought I should join them. So mm. they invited me to their Facebook group and finally I got the courage to go run with them and now I just try to go whenever I can. Yeah, so that's a big switch from not wanting anyone to see you exercising <laughs> to yes. to running with a lot of people. Talk us through kind of that mindset shift. So yeah, when I first decided I was going to go with them, I didn't know what to expect. And I, I mean, I'm not the slowest person around, but I'm not the fastest either. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I messaged Jill, just said, Hey, like, I don't even know what to expect. I didn't know people ran in groups. Like what, <laughs> what, what is this? And so she said, Oh, it's really laid back and everybody just kind of sticks together at conversational pace and it's not like a race or anything. Mm -hmm. So it'll be fine. And so I showed up and I was pretty nervous because I didn't know anyone else in the group and I barely knew Jill at the time. So right. it was just going to run with strangers. And so the, <laughs> First time we went out, like there's a kind of a horse bicycle running trail in the town of Elkader, which is nearby. And so we just ran out on that. And it was, I don't know, everybody was just really nice and inclusive and conversational. And mm -hmm. so it was just really easy to open up with those people. And I enjoy talking about running. And that was a group that wasn't like <laughs> with me asking questions or just talking about mm -hmm. running things. And so, yeah, it was after that first run, it just was easy to be able to run with all those people. Mm -hmm. How did it feel on the drive back home after that first run? Um, It was like runners high that just didn't go away for a while. It was mm -hmm. like re refreshing. Maybe I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So was there ever a part of you that wished it was an all women's group or was that not important to you? Uh, it didn't really make a difference to me, I guess. Our ratios maybe, well, it's pretty close to 50-50 as far as men and women and all the guys are pretty laid back and sometimes like they'll be in a little group and then the girls are kind of off <laughs> having their own conversations. It just kind of depends on what's going on, I guess. But yeah, it, it didn't make a difference to me too much when I joined the group. And are the paces, I mean, it's not that the men are necessarily in front that, mm -hmm. that, I mean, are there some speedy women in the group and maybe some slower guys? Uh, yeah. So typically it depends on how far we're going, but usually we all start out in a group. There might be anywhere from four to, I think the biggest group we've had has been like 13 or 14 people together. Mm -hmm. So like we might all start together in a clump, like the first mile or two, and then it kind of divides out into whatever paces people want to run. So mm -hmm. like there might be, I mean, my comfortable pace is right around like 930 or 10, somewhere in there. And then there's some people that want to go faster than that. So they might be up ahead at more of like mm -hmm. a nine minute pace. And then there's some people that are more. 10, 10, 30 pace. And mm -hmm. it's been good for me to run with a group because like you're supposed to keep easy runs easy and long runs are typically supposed to be easier pace and running by myself. I would just get like, I just want to finish cause I'm getting bored. I just want to go home. <laughs> and so I would just run pace for like every single run of the week. And so mm -hmm. 
having this group or there are different paces, it's like I can go run with the 1030 people or I can mm-hmm. run faster and with the eight minute people and kind of just do whatever I feel like. And it's, it's been really helpful in that way too. Mm, nice. Nice. And you all only run together on the weekends? Pretty much. I mean, there's uh, a couple people in the group that run together uh, during the week that like live in El Cater together, but and there's a husband and wife duo in our group that they run together every day pretty much. But mm-hmm. typically as a group, we only get together maybe Sunday mornings usually. Mm-hmm. So I, I realize this is the only running group you've ever known existed and been <laughs> in. So, so, but do you feel that having men in the group changes the topics discussed on the run or kind of the tenor of the conversations? Uh, I mean, I think it keeps it maybe a little lighter, I guess. Like, I I think if it was more women or like just women in the group, I mean, that's, that's when you can talk about men or like, I don't know, (laughs) talk about the husband or Mm -hmm. whatever, more kids and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But, um, I mean, we talk a lot about like just overall running topics or maybe TV shows or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like just kind of more random things like that. And, so yeah, mm-hmm. it keeps it maybe a little less serious. Maybe a little more, I was going to say, or more surfacey rather yeah. than you know, bearing your soul about why it is. <laughs> you know, you're you're looking up divorce attorneys or something like that. But uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, and do TMI topics ever come up or and get brushed aside by the guys, or do you just think, well, uh, you know, uh, I, I won't ask about having my period on race day today? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's. Um. I mean the. BM topic has come up and uh, issues on race day kind of things or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you want to talk more about more feminine topics, I guess sometimes Mm -hmm. that's if our little group of girls is maybe further up ahead of the guys, then it's like, oh, I feel like I can ask this or Mm -hmm. say this and kind of depends. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So is there one or two interactions with male runners in the group that stand out in your mind that you could (laughs) share with us? So we were running on a gravel road one day, and it kind of runs along this river. And there was a lady up in front of us, and she stopped to take a picture. And here there was an eagle up in the trees or something that you could see. And then it flew away. (laughs) And so this guy in the group starts telling a story about how, like, him and some other people were canoeing on or kayaking on that river and he could see some eagles up ahead and all the rest of the group didn't realize that they were there and so he yelled freedom really loud and then all these eagles like <laughs> came out of the trees and he's like that's how you call an eagle <laughs> or summon the eagles and I don't know that <laughs> that memory kind of sticks out and and then there's another guy in the group that uh, we both had kind of a injury. So we kind of mm-hmm. went back and forth about like our experience with PT or whatever we were doing to kind of fix that. And then both of us are back in top shape, I guess, again. So so he was nice to be able to kind of talk about those little setbacks and having to rest and deal with all that. And mm-hmm. And did you all only then talk in person or were you texting each other to offer support? <laughs> How did that interaction work? So usually it's either in person or we have like a, we're all on Facebook. And so we, we have a big group messenger chat and then mm. uh, some of us okay. will just like 
message each other individually as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I understand that um, some members of the group are, including yourself, are going to be training for a marathon this summer. What's what's that race going to be? Uh, yes. Uh, I think there's seven or eight of us in the group that are all training for the IMT Des Moines Marathon here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. All of us follow kind of different plans during the week. So um, some of us have coaches, some people use an app. So then mm-hmm. the unofficial plan right now is to utilize the group for like the long runs for the marathon training. So I don't know that excited is the right word to use for that, but <laughs> I'm, I feel more comforted knowing that I'll have people to suffer through those long runs with. And so, yeah, that's kind of the plan. Usually Thursday, we'll kind of post in the Facebook group. Somebody will either ask like, hey, what's the plan? Or someone will just post, this is the plan and we're running <laughs> this many miles and we're going to start here and either do like a loop or do a out and back or whatever people want to do. And, and the, I have to ask, is that typically a man or a woman who does the, who steps up and says, okay, this is what we're doing. Uh, it kind of goes back and forth. A lot of times it's one of the guys that'll kind of say, Hey, this is what we're thinking. And then if anyone has input or, uh, a different thought than open to suggestion, but mm-hmm. um, I'm usually the one that says, Hey, what's the plan? <laughs> so. All right. So, and do you have any advice for folks who are thinking about joining a running group, whether it's co-ed or all women? I mean, I would say like, if you see people locally at different events, like that's a good resource to inquire. Is there a group around or, Sometimes they'll put things in like packets at at races for Mm -hmm. things like that. And then Facebook and just other social media outlets are good ways to just see what's going on in in the community and try to get involved. But yeah, it's definitely different maybe at first, but it's, I think it's worth it in the end for sure. Mm-hmm. It definitely sounds that way. I'm so I'm I'm impressed that you went from, you know, working out and all by yourself in that room to now being in a in a group. So thank you, Regina, for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, if now you wish you were running with people or maybe hiking with people, I think it's time that you join us on one of our retreats this year. Now is the time to sign up. Last call, absolute last call. Okay. I'm making this official. This is the last time I'm going to promo it. Redmond, Oregon, June 9th through 12th. Going to be epic. Just out there at the hotel. It is amazingly posh, yet not pretentious. Smith Rock, where we will be hiking, is stunningly beautiful. The food is amazing out there. Oh my gosh, it's just fabulous. And then also we are returning for a third time to Hilton Head Island. This time we're going November 3rd through 6th. That hotel is right on the beach overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Sunrises are divine, as is sitting out by the pool, sitting out by uh, fire pits, going on runs. That retreat has a half marathon and quarter marathon anchoring it. So you really want to hop on one of our retreats. To find them, you go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on the events tab, and know that we have a firm payment plan for anything on our site if you want to spread out payments a bit. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medor from Fire on the Bluff. Uh, Because, uh, okay, I'm going to, Barry, we're going to redo that.
Okay, in the beginning, I told you there was one interview. Nope. I swear, Mandy, I will get it. Third time's going to be the charm. You're actually making me feel really better because I do not like public speaking. So the fact that you have to redo it makes me feel better about <laughs> okay, myself. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for staying with us. This is Miles of Books, our bonus monthly segment. That's a 15 to 20 minute conversation with Liz Waterstrott, a coach in our Train Like a Mother Club and one of my occasional co-hosts who is rifling through her papers. Hello there, Liz. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing good today. Good, good, good. On a Monday morning, here we are recording this. So please refresh folks' minds about your 2023 reading goal. I've set out to read 52 books, which isn't a big stretch for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting harder though as the months go on and things are getting busier, but I'm going to, it's, it's like being in a marathon, Sarah. I'm just going to keep, <laughs> keep chugging along here, doing the best I can book by book. It's like the London marathon. Are you going to stop and <laughs> stop and stretch the women's runner, you know, fall off the pace group? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm ahead of the pace group, which you know what is never a good plan in a marathon. Let's be honest. Because it catches up to you. Have you gone out too fast, <laughs> Coach Liz? <laughs> well, I'm at 23 so far. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like I like to read, so it's it's not really asking me. Uh, like I said, it's not a big stretch. But um, I've chosen some longer books that have violated my 200 page rule, and I still I still firmly believe that if you have to write beyond 200 pages, you better have a really good reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a long way to go. 300 pages is a long way to go. So, but wait, you, the, so even with reading some longer books, you are still, it seems to me, on track to be ahead of, of hitting, you know, because you only have to, yes. quote unquote, only have to hit 26 books by the end of June and you're at 23. Yes, according to the Goodreads app, which I love, uh, it tells me I'm seven books ahead of schedule, which is nice to see. Um, but I have this giant stack of books on my nightstand that's not getting any smaller, but I keep adding to it as well. So I have a book problem. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that you can set a goal in Goodreads and then it- Yes. Oh my gosh. It's it's like Strava, but for books practically. Yes. And you can have friends. Like I have people who follow me and I follow them and they can see what you read and mm-hmm. what you want to read and how you rate a book. So it is like Strava. I don't like Strava, but I like it when it comes to books. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, well, then you have to share your Goodreads handle with us. So in case people want to be asked oh, to be your friend. I don't- Oh. I don't get very fancy. I think I'm just Liz Waterstrat. I oh. think that's it. Okay. All right. Okay. So not yeah. like bookish Liz. Bookish Liz <laughs> reads reads a lot or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> reads for fun with a number four. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, getting crazy there, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> well, I will share your, I will link to your handle in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Liz. Okay, so I recently suggested a book to you that a neighbor had recommended to me. And as you probably recall, it's called The Creative Habit, and it's by the renowned dancer and choreographer Twyla Tharp. And it intrigued me, and I, I, I have not yet read it, but it's on. It's if I had a stack next to my bed, it would be in it. It's on my you know mental stack. And so I recommend it to you. Then I realized it came out nearly a decade ago, yet that didn't seem to bother you. So that's my long wind-up to asking you. So you don't only read new books, do you? No. In fact, I would say I read 
more books that are from many years ago. You know, the only caution I say to that, though, is if it's on a topic where there's been a lot of research that Mm -hmm. has come out since that book was written, which is true of a lot of psychology and you know, mm-hmm. business stuff, then I would probably look for a, a more current book. But, mm-hmm. but the book you, you know, the book you recommended seemed more about creative process, which I don't know that they've actually done a lot of research on that. Right. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. So you have also added it to your possibly to read list. Yes, it's on my want to read list. Oh, good, 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 good. On yeah. back to Goodreads, yeah. and we are not sponsored by Goodreads. Yeah. We just are talking it up no. today. Uh, so, <laughs> so all right. Well, launch us into your first book recommendation for the month. Okay, so per usual, two books this month, and I I had to come up with a way to organize myself for these book recommendations. So, I picked this month a book that I think everyone would love. And then I picked a book that I'm not sure everyone would love, you know, Mm. just kind of going in the other, taking a little risk there. So the book that I think everyone would love is actually one that Pegasus Books sent me, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, this is not a book I otherwise would have picked up because I just haven't seen much about it, but the book is called More. Mm-hmm. Life on the Edge of Adventure and Motherhood. And it's by Majka Burhart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this book violates my rule. It comes in at over 300 pages, mm-hmm. but I loved it. And mm. it okay. is a woman's account. It is like her, her dear diary every day from when she found out she was pregnant with twins. Oh. So yeah, she found out when she was maybe five weeks pregnant and the book really struck a lot of chords with me because she is a professional ice climber. So we're looking at a wow. professional ice, yeah, professional athlete who was married to another professional ice climber and she was later in life. So she might have been 40 when she got pregnant. Oh, Uh, And she also was the founder of this foundation, like an organization. I I couldn't quite get a handle on it, but, you know, let's just say a business owner, a professional athlete has a spouse who's a professional athlete. So there were a lot of things that kind of resonated in my own life. Mm Mm-hmm. And she really very frankly talks about her emotions about getting pregnant. You know, so this is something she thought she wanted, but then she wasn't sure she wanted. Uh, and then just kind of going through the process of how much she changed and how her life would change and how her relationship with her husband changed. This is a very, very honest book. And, mm-hmm. and at times it comes across as, Oh, boohoo, you're pregnant and you don't get to <laughs> climb ice anymore. But, but I think that. You know, the process of getting pregnant, you do change. And of course, it's a wonderful thing, but there's a lot of emotions there that you're not sure what to do with that nobody talks about. Oh, yeah, that they don't admit to. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's just not out there and it's a little taboo to talk about it. And so she's giving voice to a lot of those things that I think floated around the head of many of us as we went through pregnancy. And of course, she talks about how difficult it is to carry twins. And then the book goes into once she has those twins just how her world really changes. And she loved nursing her twins and mm. and just kind of navigating her new life. And did she actually want to get back to professional ice climbing? So mm. this was a wonderful read. I, I found it hard to put down. I will say at the end, it gets really heavy. She drops a a big event from not her history, but someone else's history. And she doesn't do a great job of tying up the book at the end. I, I was okay. left with a lot of questions. Okay. Um, so the book kind of like 
it gathers all of the steam and then she lets out this big surprise and then you're like, well, wait, wait, but what happened? And so, I don't know, maybe she's setting the stage to write a new book, but um, just, it's wonderful. And I actually pulled up some podcasts listening to her and oh. she's a really nice person to listen to. Uh, she talks about her book really well and just her life experience. So I, I would highly recommend that one. Oh, great. Great. I love that you brought motherhood into into this conversation yeah. of, of but, books. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think that if someone wasn't a mother, they would still appreciate the journey that she takes the reader on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, 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 good. Excellent. All right. And how about that second book that perhaps everyone's okay. not going to love? Yeah, this is a little risky. So I saw this book recommended somewhere on my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and it is the book, What My Bones Know, A Memoir of Healing from Complex Trauma. Oh, This book is written by Stephanie Fu. Uh-huh. Stephanie Fu was an award-winning producer of This American Life, mm. and this book is heavy. This is This is a tough read, but Mm-hmm. I think it's a powerful read. And if anyone has ever experienced trauma, and, and trauma has many levels and many meanings. So you, I'm not talking about like violence trauma or, you know, it could be whatever you perceive trauma as. This is a book where she just takes you on the journey from start to not even finish. Because as she makes makes the point many times in this book that you don't get over your trauma. You just get huh. through it and you keep hmm. going through it and you have to figure out a way to walk through your life with that trauma and making peace with that. So she goes through that. She's an Asian American woman. She talks a lot about historical trauma. You know, there is, there is a trigger warning. There is a lot of violence in this book. It's, it's uncomfortable to read. Um, but it's just a really, really captivating look at how people heal. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, Liz, I love that you, you know, I thought going into our whole miles of books experiment with you was going to be kind of, you know, coaching related books or science, you know, kind of about the body. I love that these are more introspective, somewhat memoirish books. So yeah, thanks for diverging a little bit this month. You got, you got to mix it up. But I, I will say after you read books like this, then you have to go back to something syrupy and self-helpy because <laughs> you just, you need a little pause. You need a, a refresh. Like, give me some Dale Carnegie or something. Tell me how to make friends and win people over. You know? That's so funny because when you were talking about, you know, if you read a book, an older book, make sure it's, you know, the science and it's still good. And I was like, huh, does that mean we can't read Dale Carnegie anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I can pull one of his books out. I'll tell you. I didn't like um, the one that everybody loves. I didn't. I didn't like that one. Is it how to influence people uh, and make how friends? To ma- how to make friends and influence people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually read that not too long ago, and I thought I've got to hear what it's see what it's all about. And I wasn't really into it. Oh, interesting. But then you make it sound like you've read other Dale Carnegie books, which I guess I didn't even know there were. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I have not. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to look into it. So okay. All right. Maybe I, maybe that'll be next month's read. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, well, thanks for joining us, and I hope everyone has some good reads for themselves this month. Take care. <laughs>